Welcome into Lockdown Blackhawks for Tuesday, March 31st. 2020, Jay Zawoski with you here. Lockdown Blackhawks is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm trying something new as I'm recording this. I'm doing it live on Twitter. We'll see if anyone actually tunes in to watch and sees how the uh, first segment and the Talkback Tuesday segment of this show go. Uh, speaking of Talkback Tuesday, if you ever want to send in a question, the voicemail 708-653-0572, the email Blackhawks at gmail.com follow the show on twitter at lo underscore blackhawks my personal account is at jayzawaski 670 and the madhouse chicago hockey podcast is at madhouse pod aside from talk back tuesday i'm going to bring you a portion of scott darling's interview on 670 the score with dan bernstein and connor mcknight he was playing hockey in austria when the COVID-19 virus started to take hold over there and he had to find his way home before things got too bad. He shares that story. If you want to hear the whole interview, go to the radio.com app, look up the Bernstein and McKnight podcast, and you will be able to find it there very, very easily. Uh, It's really good stuff. I'm not going to bring you the whole thing. We want you to go listen to it on the show's app or on the Bernstein and McKnight podcast, but uh, it's good stuff. And I'll just have Scott share the experience of trying to get home while that whole thing was happening. A couple other things, too, before we get to talk back Tuesday. Tomorrow, I'm sorry, tonight, Tuesday night, we're going to be doing another hot mic broadcast. It is game six of the 2010 Vancouver series. So round two, it's the game the Hawks advanced to the Western Conference final. That's at 7 o'clock. I'll be doing a broadcast on hot mic tonight at 7 o'clock. Last week, we, we raised... for the Blackhawks COVID-19 relief fund. Tonight, we'll be trying to raise money for the Anthony Rizzo Foundation. Even if you're not a Cubs fan, Anthony Rizzo is doing great things. He's using his foundation to feed uh, first responders, doctors, nurses, everyone working on the front lines uh, during this pandemic. He's feeding those people. He's feeding those public servants. Um, So make sure you can donate. Open up the Hot Mic app. Download the Hot Mic app. It's free. Use the promo code MADHOUSE if it's your first time downloading. That helps me out greatly. And then join us tomorrow night. I keep saying tomorrow night. Tonight at 7 o'clock, we'll watch the Hawks eliminate the Canucks together. It will be a really, really great time. All right, before we get to the uh, first break of the show, we've got not a ton of Talk Back Tuesday questions. Totally understandable. Uh, There's not a ton going on in the world of hockey right now. So I'm going to do my best to answer some of those questions that I did get. Again, not a ton, uh, but our guy Alexi has a multi-part question, so we're going to save his for last. Um, But, excuse me, my broadcast here on Twitter is ending. I don't really know why. It just kind of stopped on its own. But, hey, what are you going to do? Uh, Weird. I've never done that before. All right, that sort of failed. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you for being with me here on the podcast on Tuesday. Let's start Talk Back Tuesday with a listener email. This one is from Leo from Morgan Park. He says, hey, Jay, I'm a longtime listener of both your podcasts, but this is my first time submitting a question. Oh, by the way, speaking of both my podcasts, there was a brand new Madhouse podcast that dropped on Monday. So if you've not checked that one out yet, feel free to check that out. I should also inform you that... With April coming in the focus here, we're going to be shifting Lockdown Blackhawks to three days a week, maybe four days a week. We won't be doing the five-day-a-week format anymore. It's just not sustainable uh, given how little information we have. When things pick back up, if things pick back up, the five-day-a-week schedule will resume 
but for now we're going to take it down to probably three on most days. I'll try to do my best to keep you um, informed of what the schedule is going to be week to week, like which days there will be podcasts, but I would look for, I think this week's going to be um, today, Tuesday, then Thursday and Friday. I think that's the most likely scenario uh, for this week that makes the most sense as far as my schedule goes. Um, so keep your eye on that. All right, to Tom's question, finally, I've been rambling. So he says he's been a long-time listener of both my podcasts. He said, I've been watching the 2010 playoffs games that have been re-aired recently and have noticed that throughout the Nashville and Vancouver series, Patrick Sharp has been in a second-line center role between Marion Hosa and Thomas Kopetsky. Sharp seemed to be able to handle his own at that position, it was always one of the most noticeable Blackhawks in that playoff run. My question is, how come Joel Quenville never put Sharp in that role after the 2010 postseason? Second line center was always a position in need for the Hawks with a revolving door of players coming in to fill that role. Were players like Andrew Burnett, Ryan Johnson, at times Andrew Shaw, better suited to play center? Or was Sharp that much more valuable as a winger? That's from Leo from Morgan Park. Leo, thank you for the question. It's a really good question, and in 2010, it was more a matter of necessity than anything. The Hawks didn't really have any other real options to be the second-line center then. In 2013, things were a little bit better. They went and traded for Michael Hanzus, who wasn't great. We all know that, but he was decent in the playoffs. He scored some big goals. Andrew Shaw was able to play some center that year. Uh, You had the emergence of Marcus Kruger as your fourth-line center. Dave Boland was there. So you had a few more options, a few more seasoned options at center. Then in 2015, Brad Richards is there. Antoine Vermette's added at the end of the year. Tavo Taravainen's part of the team. So Patrick Sharp's need at center wasn't quite as deep as it had been um, earlier. And in 2010, it was more of a, look, we, they sort of had to do it because they didn't really have many other options. So that, that to me, is, is the main reason why you didn't really see Patrick Sharp there. I think he was more valuable as a winger. Yeah, he was able excuse me, to play center and play center pretty well. But after 2010, especially for the Cup teams, they had a, a few more uh, tangible, like legitimate options to play center. And I do think, all things being equal, Patrick Sharp was probably a better winger than he was a center. Thanks for the question, Leo. Really, really good stuff. And hey, if you've been li- a longtime listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Blackhawks is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Hawks fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Lockdown Blackhawks gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Hawks fans and a predominantly male audience that's well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Lockdown podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777. Or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising. It's Locked On Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Time to get to more Talk Back Tuesday questions if you want to leave more questions for us for next week or as we go feel free to send a voicemail 708-653-0572 email locked on blackhawks at gmail.com my personal twitter account at jayzawaski670 the lockdown podcast account at lo underscore blackhawks by the way we are in the elite eight of uh march sadness blackhawks march sadness the voting's underway some of them are too early to call 
But there's a couple that I will fill you in on at the end of the broadcast and let you know how they're going. Uh, looks like we're going to have a pretty fierce Final Four in Blackhawks March Sadness, so you're not going to want to miss that. Voting on that begins today in the Final Four today at noon, if I remember to post it on time. I screwed up on Monday and posted it too late. Uh, it still got out there. People still voted, which is great, but want to get more votes. Going to post that around noon on Tuesday, so make sure you go to Lockdown Blackhawks, vote on the Final Four of Blackhawks March Sadness. Hopefully by the end of this show, we'll have a better view of exactly who those teams, who those, uh, I, I guess you'd call them, what, candidates, entrants, whatever you want to say, who they'll be in the final four. All right, let's go back to the emails. Got one here from our buddy Alexi overseas in England. He says, changing things up and just throwing in a few email questions this week from an almost lockdown England. Feel free to spread them out as much as you want, blah, blah, blah. Nah, I'm going to answer them all right now. How about that, Alexi? Number one, what are some of the things you've been thankful for being able to do during this time that you may have otherwise been too busy to do? Example, spend time with family, play video games, practice a skill, etc. You know, you answered all my questions. Uh, spending time with my family has been good. It's been trying at times. You know, we're not ever apart from each other. And it's the three of us together constantly. And I would say 90% of it has been really, really good, really, really positive. But with a nine-year-old girl at home who is struggling with this whole thing, who's missing her friends, who wants to play softball, who wants to be outside all the time, who who is a feely, touchy kid in the first place. She's always hugging her friends, and that's just kind of how she is. It's how her spirit is. This has been really hard on her, and I think as parents of that child, it can be challenging. I'm sure a lot of the people listening to this podcast feel the same way. They've been having trouble keeping their kids happy, keeping their kids entertained, but Really, 90, 95% of the time with my family, it's been really, really great. We've taught my daughter how to play some card games. We taught her how to play rummy today. Um, we did a practice hand to sort of teach her the rules. Second hand, she won. <laughs> she picked it up right away. I've been playing a ton of video games, mostly MLB The Show 20, and practicing a skill. Yes, I picked up my guitar for the first time in a long time on Friday. Uh, we have a very tight-knit group of friends in Homewood. We call ourselves the Commune. Um, and all the commune kids, we jumped on a Zoom meeting, and they had a little talent show, and they talked about maybe doing an adult talent show uh, next week or the week after. So I wanted to learn a song on my guitar, so I'm learning the song Million Dollar Bill by the band Dawes. It's one of my favorite songs ever, so I've learned the basics on guitar, and hopefully I'll be able to perform it when that comes around. So yeah, time with family, video games, practicing a skill, and I've been, we've been cooking at home more, which is good. You know, our schedule sort of forces us to have dinner out all the time, grabbing fast food on our own. It's nice that all all three of us sitting at the table, talking, eating a meal, um, eating healthier because we're eating at home. It's been, aside from the fact that we can't leave and we can't see our friends, I think it's been positive for the most part. Second question from Alexi, what has been your standout interview of your career and why? Also, what player coach encounter is your most memorable? I think the best player I've interviewed is Scott Darling, and you're going to hear from him later in this podcast. He's on with Bernstein and McKnight. Such a willing interview subject, and I love that. I love guys that like to talk, that um, appreciate the opportunity they're given. Another guy who was really great was Antti Ranta. His English wasn't super great when I started doing it. It was his first year here, and it's gotten better since then, but he was another guy who was super into it, super gregarious, loved doing it, loved being out there with the fans. And my most memorable encounter, encounter was uh, 2009. 
I hosted a Q&A with Joel Quenville at, um, oh my God, what the hell's the name of the place on Western? Oh my God, what is the name of that? Cork and Carry. holy God, <laughs> I've been there a trillion times and I just totally brain farted on it. Yeah, so me and Joel Quenville at Cork and Carry. now this is before the Stanley Cups had been won, before Q would get mobbed anywhere he walked in, but he was another one, man, walked in in a good mood, hey, whatever you want to do, I'm game, let's go, let's have some fun. Get, you know, giving, you know, smoking cigars with people, doing shots with fans, not getting drunk, but just having a good time. When it was over, he hung out a little bit. And another guy, non-hockey, you remember, Cub fans, how horrible things were before the Cubs got good, and it kind of happened overnight. During Jake Arietta's Cy Young year, okay, that was 2015, correct? I believe it was 2015. Uh, let me look that up here. I don't want to misspeak. But th- this is before people started jumping onto the bandwagon of the Cubs, right? And they weren't truly a, uh, yes, it was uh, 2015. So during the 2015 season. So people weren't fully on board with the Cubs yet. I did a bunch of bar events with Jake Arietta after Cubs games. That dude would show up, hang out. There'd be 15 people in the bars. And they'd be right around Wrigley like an hour after the game. Jake would hang out, answer questions. Super nice guy, super easy to interview. Then when the interview portion was over, he would hang out. He'd buy rounds for the bar. He he, he would close it down sometimes. He'd be there after I left. So Jake Arrieta, another really memorable interview for me. Uh, Three, what are your earliest video game memories? NHL 94. That is really how I got into hockey. I've said this before. I loved hockey. I loved watching Hawks when they were on. But those EA Sports NHL games for the Sega Genesis, that's how I learned the league. That's really how I started learning about, like, who are the great players in Vancouver and Hartford and San Jose. And, like, that's how you learned about the teams you didn't get to see that much. And that was really uh, a big entry point for me as far as, like, growing my knowledge of the game. Great questions, as always, Alexei. Uh, Appreciate it very much. I will get to you on those uh, podcast questions you had as well. It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Remember, Blackhawks' March Sadness is underway. Looks like our final four is going to be set. Looking at the Elite Eight Bad Transactions final, Brent Seabrook's contract, the nine seed, with a 70% lead over the six seed, Tavo Teravainen, to Carolina. So Brent Seabrook will advance the number one seed in the Terrible Moments final. Bill Wirtz takes over for Arthur Wirtz, 72% to the three seed, the 92 cup loss to the Penguins with 28%. The bus region, this one is still contested. Alexander Karpatsev with 51% of the votes. Kyle Beach with 48%, with I'm sorry, 49% of the vote. He's the 15 seed, so Kyle Beach hanging in there with a couple more hours to go in the vote. And the Elite Eight Villains final, Bill Wirtz. A 97% lead over Dino Cicerelli. So we're probably looking at a Bill Wirtz on Bill Wirtz final. Could be very, very interesting. And you know what? Most Hawks fans would know that's exactly how it should end. Got a voicemail here, uh, and then we'll get to the Scott Darling interview with Bernstein and McKnight after this here voicemail. Hey, Jay. uh, This is Jake. Um, this question is a little bit off topic, but um, I just really appreciate your feedback. So I recently started a podcast two days ago. It's called uh, Shytown Hockey, a podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. 
And I created my trailer and everything, and I'm getting ready to upload my first ever episode tomorrow. And I was just wondering um, if you had any tips or suggestions on what to talk about on my first episode to get things rolling, um, getting this podcast kind of out there for everyone to see. Um, I just really appreciate your feedback on this. Again, just um, kind of some tips and stuff on how to start this podcast, get it rolling. Um and just kind of some things to talk about. Um, I just really appreciate the th- feedback. Uh, so thank you so much. All right, Jake, congratulations on the Chi-Town Hockey Podcast. It sounds great. Uh, can never have too many Hawks podcasts. Hawks fans are hungry for it. Uh, this podcast and the Madhouse Podcast proves that. Um, my advice to anyone hosting any sort of show is to be yourself. Be confident. I think a lot of people are tempted to try to sound like a radio host and be like, hey, no, just be yourself. Talk how you would be talking to your friends at a bar, right? That That's, if you are truly passionate about the Hawks and if you're qualified to have a Hawks podcast, which I believe you are, then trust yourself. That's my biggest piece of advice. There's a reason you decided to start a Blackhawks podcast. I would not start a podcast on the Bulls because I don't know very much about the Bulls. So it'd be impossible for me to be confident in what I'm talking about. The other thing is, you don't have to be right all the time. You can be wrong, so but don't be afraid to say what you mean. And the other thing I'll tell every broadcaster I ever meet, and this is something that is really strong for me, is if you always say what you honestly believe, you'll never get caught in a lie. Does that make sense? I think about these shows that you see on TV sometimes where they are forced to disagree And I wonder whose job it is to keep track of what the opinion was a month ago and two months ago and to keep those all organized and to keep these hosts from contradicting themselves constantly. Because if you're sometimes making up your argument for the sake of argument, then you're not being honest with yourself. You're not being honest honest with your audience. And more importantly, you're going to contradict yourself over and over again because you can't possibly keep track of all the things you said. Now, that doesn't mean be inflexible. It doesn't mean you can't change your mind on something, or it doesn't mean that new information that comes to you can't change your opinion, right? You've got to be willing to adapt as you gain knowledge. So admitting you don't know everything, being yourself, giving your honest opinion, and be willing to admit when you are wrong, I think those things are the things that the audience appreciates the most. Look, if you listen to this podcast, I do not have a traditional radio voice. I'm not very polished. I mutter through my words sometimes. I'm sort of marble mouth sometimes. I'm aware of that. Sometimes I go fix it. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I make speaking mistakes. But I think what people appreciate about This podcast and the Madhouse podcast and the I'm Fat podcast, all the podcasts I do is it's me being myself. You hear the same guy on every podcast, and that's all you can be. You're betting on yourself, Jake, by starting a Hawks podcast, then truly bet on yourself. That's the advice I would give. All right, Scott Darling, former Blackhawks goalie, spent this past hockey season with Innsbruck of the Austrian Hockey League. Earlier this month, he was forced to return home as COVID-19 took grasp on Europe. he Austria, obviously, right near northern Italy, so he had to get out of there and get out of there quick. Here in this interview from Monday with Bernstein and McKnight on 670 The Score, Scott Darling shares the story 
of getting out of Europe in time. Scott, take us through the last couple of weeks for you, because I think people know you were playing in, in the Austrian Hockey League, but your your travels have been pretty insane. And, and where you were when the virus really kind of caught on in Italy seems to be, I mean, you were in pretty close proximity to, to where it was getting real bad real quick. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I was like right there. We were about 20 minutes from the Italian border in northern Italy is kind of where it like popped off, I guess. Um, so we heard about it like, w- like well before, like when it was kind of like a rumor in the U S still. And so I didn't know if it was really that big of a deal. And all of a sudden it kind of started escalating and, uh, a hotel in, in Innsbruck where I live got quarantined, like, like locked down, like military style. And then all of a sudden we realized like, this is a, like an actual thing that we need to be really concerned about. Um, and luckily we got eliminated shortly after and I like got on the first plane home uh, just a couple of days before they implemented like that travel ban. Um, so I still would have been able to come home, but it would have been a lot like lengthier process, like getting tested and having the quarantine when I get home and stuff like that. So I made it back just before that. So what was it like with your teammates as this was becoming more serious? I know for all of us, it kind of it, it settled in at different times, some sooner than others. Some were hoping against hope that things were going to end up a lot better than it appears that they're trending right now. But when did you start to realize, yeah, this is this is something that really easily could affect me? Yeah, I think the the problem was that we, I think we're all a lot more informed now about, you know, what to do and, and how this, you know, virus works. And But at the time, we didn't really know. And there were a lot of guys on my team with kids, you know, pregnant wives, stuff like that. And so we were just kind of freaked out, like, because we didn't know too much about it and what to be worried about. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's a team in the league in northern Italy. And guys were like, well, we don't really want to go play them. <laughs> And then, you know, the league started implementing, like, you know, no handshakes after the game because, like, we handshake every game um, and little stuff like that. And so it, it got pretty real. And, like, shortly after I left, they canceled the entire season. So um, they didn't even finish playoffs or anything. What were, Scott, what were the reactions of, of you and your teammates when you got word from the league that, you know, handshakes had to be cut out and your behavior in the locker room had to change some? I mean, was it just okay, this is next? And, and who even told you that that had to be, uh, that had to be procedure for the time being? Uh, we just got, like, league-wide emails. Um, you know, our captains or coaches pass along the information. And then um, for us, like I said, our season was – we kind of knew it was going to be done um, <clears throat> pretty shortly after it started to get kind of scary there. So we were all kind of just, like, waiting to get on a plane home, <laughs> to be honest. Um, and so, yeah, it was like season ended and we all just scattered, um, tried to get out of there. But and then, like, as I got here, like then it started to become a real thing here. And I was like, my uh, soon to be wife is a healthcare professional. And I've been telling her about this. And because, like, she hadn't really heard too much about it yet in the U.S. And I was like, no, this is a real thing. Like, it's going on big here. And like, so she started looking into it and then. Like a week after I got home, it really started getting crazy here. So we were just happy that I was able to get home and get out of there. That was Scott Darling with Bernstein and McKnight of 670 The Score. Catch their show Monday through Friday, 
9 a.m. to 12 p.m. I am the executive producer of that show, so I get special. I get to use that that sound. I get to use that audio. I booked Scott Darling for that damn program. Maybe we'll put Scott on this podcast pretty soon, uh, not just talk about the uh, COVID-19 thing, but just talk about his career, his day with the Hawks. Who wouldn't want to hear from a local legend in Scott Darling? And I've said this before. I'll say it again. Go on Hockey Reference. Check the all-time Blackhawks franchise leaders. Scott Darling is near the top in a lot of the big, like, say, percentage, goals against, all those things. Uh, it was short-lived here, but he made a big impact in a short amount of time. So check that out. If you want to hear the whole podcast, open up that radio.com app or go to 670thescore.com and look for it there. Very easy to find. With that, we're going to wrap things up, reminding you that tonight at 7 p.m., on Hot Mike, download that Hot Mike app, H-O-T-M-I-C, or you can go to hotmike.io and uh, watch me, watch the Hawks game, talk to me, interact with me during the game. We're going to try to raise money for the Anthony Rizzo Family Foundation. We raised $600 last week. Hopefully we can get, if we get 200 bucks tonight, I'll be very, very happy. $200 to help out. Anthony Rizzo's foundation and what they're doing, feeding first responders, doctors, nurses, EMTs, everybody on the front lines of this horrible, horrible virus. Uh, He's doing a great thing. So Cubs fans, Sox fans, let's unite. Let's put on our Chicago hats and let's raise some money for a good cause. Again, tonight, 7 p.m. on the Hot Mic app. You can watch the Hawks game on your TV, sync up the audio, and we will watch Hawks Canucks together. By the way, they do a real good job of compressing that game. It's only two hours starts at seven it's over at nine it's beautiful so we'll have a good time together don't miss it on the hot mic app and in the meantime now that you've finished this lockdown podcast ask your smart speaker to listen to the latest episode of locked on nhl my name is jay zawoski i will talk to you on thursday here on lockdown blackhawks part of the lockdown podcast network your team every day